With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody. Bucky's fifth podcast. Man, we, this is a crazy week for all of us. It is NFL Draft weekend it's nfl draft eve it is wednesday night we tried to record this podcast on monday uh but my recording software of course did not work after we had a good hour's worth of content so uh, i am joined once again and graciously by owen reese from bucky's fifth quarter and you also see his work on acme packing company and inside the pylon and this is you know i didn't get a chance to talk about it last time though but owen you know the nfl draft for me with, with this is, uh, you know, I remember as a kid with notepads, and I forgot to mention, like I said, I forgot to mention this Monday, but talking about, I used to write down player stats, their colleges, their weights, you know, if I, if they missed a draft, if they like over one, you know, I had like notebooks filled with these players and who, how they were drafted and who were they drafted to. Uh, this, you know, I know for you, this is your favorite time, one of your favorite times of the year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm always uh, ever since I was little, my favorite part of Madden was was the offseason and adding free agents and drafting guys and, and putting teams together. So this has always been a fascinating thing for me, uh, and and I can uh, I can relate with you as well. I have the last five or six uh, drafts all in Google Excel sheets uh, or Google Sheets or whatever the 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 Excel format is. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff. It's a lot of uh, Still uh, enjoyable. One of the few things that's that's remained as you get older and, and more aware of how the world works. Um, always a, a fun thing when uh, when your passion for something stays and it's just as joyful as it was when it started. So for sure, happy for this weekend and and excited to see how things shake out. Absolutely. And, you know, here on Bucky's fifth podcast, what we're going to do, you guys probably heard and you guys heard this uh, yesterday as this will drop on Thursday, probably early afternoon that though, you know, basically what's happening is uh, we, you guys heard Garrett Dooley, Alec James on one episode, and then we're going to give our own draft analysis on this episode. So another power packed week full uh, here at Bucky's fifth podcast, as you can hear my voice now starting to get, more and more coarse as the evening wears on. But, you know, first off, we were this is a Badger-centric podcast. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Wisconsin Badgers that could be drafted or signed as undrafted free agents. And there is quite a big pool uh, of Badgers here and talented Badgers. It could have been more if Michael Dieter, TJ Edwards, Bo Benchwell, David Edwards would have left early. Uh, that's, you know, but they all returned for their final, or not for their final year, uh, but or for at least on... TJ Edwards, or not TJ Edwards, um, David, David, Edwards. David Edwards, there we go, uh, his sake there, but overall, your brief opinions, uh, just about, you know, like I said, uh, we'll keep this short for everybody, because uh, we have a mailbag as well, but your overall brief opinions on the Badgers and their potential for being drafted or signed this weekend. Um, I think, and this has been something I've kind of noticed, and since Paul Chris took over, 
Uh, I think a lot of people can look at these Badger classes and say that they really weren't very overwhelmed uh, with with the amount of talent in them. Uh, and I think that would probably be correct. I think it's a testament to the coaching job, for lack of a better term, what Chris has been able to do uh, with this Badger program, full of a lot of guys who uh, have benefited from multiple years in the program and fully developing into what they are. So uh, while there's not a ton of headliners uh, in this class like a year ago when they had the two first-round picks, uh, I think a lot of quality depth players that be at the next level, and and who knows the way things shake out, um, they could end up being significant contributors to NFL franchises, and and uh, we wish the best for them as that obviously is former Badger players. But um, yeah, I guess an intriguing group that probably lacks the the sexy name, but should be a, a productive group for, to be sure uh, as they continue their NFL careers. Yeah, and it, it, now you're looking at you know just there's been a lot of activity, right? With the Badgers, you're, you know, just with visits and workouts and, and real quick when it comes to uh, just the visits and workouts, you know, Austin Ramish confirmed to us that he visited the Raiders and the Pat you know, and the Packers worked out for Lions and Cardinals. Garrett Dooley, you just heard on, you know, yesterday that he visited the Packers uh, and, but he had to work out with the Lions. Uh, and it sounds like there's been some other talks, uh, but you know, not necessarily, you know, the workouts or that are, Basically, it sounds like uh, there are teams that are talking to, to him, uh, but maybe not necessarily workouts or or other visits there. Um, you know, Leon Jacobs, you know, was reported to have a workout with the Lions, the same workout from, uh, according to Zach Heilprin, the same time where, you know, Al Golden was in town uh, for that. Uh, and also with the Texans, according to Josh Norris of uh, Roto World and NBC Sports and Aaron Wilson of the Houston Chronicle. Jack Sitchie told us that, you know, he visited the Vikings and the Packers, also worked out for the Lions, Falcons and Cowboys. Joe Ferguson told us that he worked out for the Lions at the same time. sounded like it was um, right around the same time where uh, Natural Jamerson did as well. And Jamerson worked out for the Lions, the Texans, the Saints, also met with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tennessee Titans, and then he also had dinner with the Los Angeles Chargers and Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and then Nick Nelson, you know, according to Pro Football Talk, that's where his injury occurred. He worked out for the Lions, uh, but also uh, Norris reported that he also worked out uh, or visited. Uh, yeah, he was there's contact with the Texans there. Um, I'll have to confirm if he actually visited or if he actually had worked out with the Texans uh, on that. But you know, we talked to Alec James. It sounds like. He's talking over the phone with with teams. Didn't necessarily go for workouts there, uh, but it should be interesting where he lands potentially uh, either a really late round pick or an undrafted free agent uh, is what many are predicting there. So now that we got that done, let's look at you know there's some questions that we have. It's our four down territory, and Owen, you know we're gonna go first down here. In your opinion, who shot up in terms of which Badger shot up the most from end of this season, this past season? until you know to now um i think i'm gonna i'm gonna hedge here and give two names uh one i think natrell jamerson is a guy who uh wasn't very well known um at least in the media uh heading into the all-star circuit uh i think they knew that he was a a senior starter safety for uw but outside of that um not a lot of name notoriety there uh and i think he kind of burst onto the scene at the east west shrine game and, and got some people's attention uh, with his performance there, and then supplemented that with a, a very impressive combine workout. So I think he uh, is one there, possesses a lot of positional versatility and, and a lot of things that NFL teams 
covet in the secondary. So I think he's going to do well there. Uh, and then I think the other guy I'm going to mention, and it's a bit of an odd situation, but I'm going to say Jack Sitchie, and here's why. Um, Jack Sitchie was a potential top 100 prospect heading into this last season, uh, but then obviously he tore his ACL. And it's it's a unique situation. I think it'll be a good case study to see how uh, the NFL values players uh, that haven't played football games in 18 months. Uh, I think it'll be a really interesting thing. Uh, however, Sitchi had a very good workout um, and really impressed NFL personnel. And uh, I think that he's probably rehabbed his his stock uh, considering. So I think some, from someone that went from a possible second-round pick to someone who may have been a late-round pick due to the injuries and then now maybe back in discussion on late day two, I think Sitchi has also done a very good job there. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think Jamerson, Jamerson and Sitchi, I think you hit it on the head with those two. I think that's really, um, I completely agree with you there. So I'll stop talking on that note and head over to the second down. Uh, who will be the first Badger drafted and why? And I think it'll, with the injury to Nelson, I, I lean Sitchi just because of the fact that how well his ACLs progressed until now. And he said that, you know, last week about it, saying he was about nine, you know, 95% right now. And by hoping by OTAs, uh, he'd be up around a hundred percent. So uh, I think the fact that how he's progressed so well from back from that injury. And then also the Nelson injury who, I mean, Nelson, there are some mocks had him at around what, between rounds two to four uh, on that note, I, I think, uh, and I also thought he made himself some decent money with his performance at, uh, at the combine in Indianapolis, but I will, I'd still say it's either between Sitchi and Nelson, but I give it to Sitchi just because of his progression back from injury and Nelson just suffering that even with the reported shorter time of, of recovery, which was, I think Ian Rappaport from NFL network said six weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think if I had to put money on it today, I think I'd probably go with Sitchi. Um, just because this is a very deep corner class, and I, I think that pairing that with uh, with the recent injury, uh, I think NFL teams are going to be a little bit more confident in, in Sitchi being um, ready to go right away. And while I think that – I don't think that teams will depend on him being ready right away, I think that confidence – uh, that they've that he's expressed that they've showed uh, in his knee is encouraging. Uh, I think a team at the end of the third round, uh, I have them going to Pittsburgh, uh, but someone at the end of the third round is going to take a chance on him that knows that they don't have to depend on him contributing right away, uh, but knowing that he likely won't be there when they pick uh, again in the fourth round. So I think someone like Pittsburgh, um, someone like Minnesota, who he's visited with, teams that are are kind of in a, a bit of a luxury position where they can forecast some of their needs in a, in two to three years, uh, like a team like Minnesota, who's likely going to lose Anthony Barr uh, in free agency. Um, so a team like that, where they can kind of look into the future and say, uh, we're, for all intents and purposes, we're redshirting you this year, um, but but definitely worth the value late. I think that's where, where Sitchi goes, and I think he's probably the first badger taken. Though, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Nelson was able to sneak in there. Yeah, agreed there. Uh, on that note, we talk about the first Badger potentially being drafted. In your estimation, on third down, how many Badgers do you feel will be drafted this weekend? I've kind of gone back and forth on this all week. I think I'm going to settle on five. 
so Sitchi and Nelson. Uh, I think Troy Fumagalli will get drafted sometime on day three. Uh, I would go with Natrell Jamerson and Leon Jacobs as well. Um, I think most so, mostly with, with Jamerson and Jacobs, uh, unlike the years past where some of the um, the middle middle round ish talent guys, middle range guys uh, for the Badgers, those two tested phenomenally. Uh, I think the last couple of years it's been a bit more of modest testing, which isn't a knock on those players, but just nothing to uh, to write home about. I think those two kind of buck that trend, and I think that gets them drafted uh, probably mid to late day three. Um, but so I'm I'm going to go with five, although four to Possibly even six uh, is probably what most fans should should anticipate. No, I think that I think you hit it on the head there when it comes to the, you know with that. I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what you know if teams take a flyer on you know Austin Ramish, uh, Garrett Dooley on that note where you know I I think they're good later on values. Obviously, when you get later in the round, sometimes some people. You know, always say you may be better just being an undrafted free agent because then you know that you could essentially pick your team, you know, where there's conversations back and forth in terms of who wants you, who doesn't want you. Um, so that is that'll be interesting to see how that lays up. Yeah, I think between five to seven, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm more towards you now. Uh, after our first discussion, after it was deleted, I may have been a little bit too uh, optimistic. I'm not saying optimistic, but. Uh, you know, seven players, I think they're draftable for sure, but we'll see. Um, but right now in my estimations, it's uh, you're looking Sitchi, Fumagalli, Nelson, Jamerson for sure. And I think Jacobs gets in there. And I think there's that possibility of Ramish and Dooley, but we'll, we'll see how what it plays out there. If I can add something quick too, yeah. I, I think it's it's a, a worthwhile exercise every year for um, – I'm I'm happy that Badger fans are very excited about the prospects of 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 their fans of their team, uh, of the kids that are coming out from the team that they cheer for. Uh, although I th- I think something that they can benefit from is seeing that and kind of putting it into context that seemingly every year and especially this one you'll see something and I'm going to say these kids' names uh, for example not necessarily in particular but you'll see someone uh, say oh well there's no way in my opinion, that Leon Jacobs and Troy Fumagalli make it after round three. And, and while um, they're players on the team you cheer for and, and you can root for them, and I think that they will be NFL players and, and they will contribute, think of that would place both of them in the top 100 players of the draft. There are over one th- thousands of kids that are whether division one, two, three, NAIA, Canada, so many options, uh, being realistic about it is something too, that, um, that we kind of benefit from. Um, I would, I would step out on a limb to say that, that you and I are Wisconsin Badger fans, though we need, and it's an important to look at things objectively as, as members of the media. So I think that's something too, where, uh, a lot of Badger fans can say, well, I have no idea how, listing six Badgers names. Oh, I, I don't no idea how teams didn't take them in the first four rounds. That would be inferring that those six Badger players would be atop the in the top one hundred and thirty, say, players in this draft. And I think that's something where uh it's a bit of a healthy exercise to realize how talented the NFL has to think that the kids are in order for them to be picked at all. Um so not so much be amazed that that 
not as many Badger players were picked as you thought, but but just kind of realize the depth of of every draft and, and how many kids are really picked. So uh, having five players selected out of a 250 player draft is is pretty encouraging uh, for the, the Wisconsin program. So I think that's something too where uh, a bit of a way to curb the enthusiasm, maybe uh, for lack of a better term, but but just giving giving fans a realistic lens at this class rather than looking at things through uh, cardinal and white goggles, so to speak. Right. No, I mean, as members of the media, we do obviously look to, I mean, you cover the guys, you cover this, these guys and, you know, we obviously wish them the best and everything because they um, just, you covered, I've covered the, this is the first, actually like I've covered, you know, what's it, Badger since what, 2003? 13. So I really, this is like the, the first, you know, first real class with sort of, they've redshirted that, you know, I've kind of gone through and I've gotten to know these players. And so obviously like you wish them the best, you remain objective uh, is the key in, in assessing abilities and whatnot. Uh, so but I think you hit it there where um, you try to assess as much as you can and you wish for the best. And I think they have the opportunities uh, here going forward. So it, it, like I said, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens and, and obviously tune in to Bucky's fifth quarter because we're going to have our squad. Our scouting reports are already online. If you guys t- check out the website, Owen Reese, we're going to, you know, the, Owen, you did a great job breaking all this down uh, with, with all these players and their abilities. So kudos to you for taking time out. Uh, those are online right now on the site. We're going to start tweeting them out more and more this weekend too, just so that everyone understands. I mean, you know, just to, when someone's drafted, uh, we're going to actually hopefully tomorrow start whipping all these out uh, where we can, you know, publicly tweet them. So people know uh, what you think of them and, and what to expect going forward. So uh, last down, the fourth down, which Badger could be the biggest surprise for an NFL franchise? I'm going Jamerson. Uh, I, I think it's a, uh, just the way that I think, and we've we've all talked about it, just about how Jamerson could be, you know, a long-term NFL player. Not just not just uh, I mean, it's more special teams work. But Jim Leonard said last week how he felt that really, you know, Natrell's best football is ahead of him, and I think he's got the strength, he's got the speed. I think once the experience comes in even further, and just that the key element of being a special teamer. Hello, Green Bay Packers losing Jeff, Jeff Janis. Uh, Jamerson could be a great fit for an, any NFL franchise, really. Yeah, and I would agree with you. Um, we talked about this on Monday. Uh, but I think that Jamerson provides more versatility than any player uh, that the Badgers are putting into the draft this year. Uh, he's an incredible special teamer, which some fans can say and can scoff at. But um, as someone who's played collegiately, uh, played and coached for a few years now, the the biggest secret to winning football games is special teams. Uh, and luckily as an offensive lineman in college, I wasn't asked to do it very often. Um, but you learn not to take those players for granted who give your, give your, give your starters a few plays off, uh, and make big plays or big momentum plays that can be had in special teams. And a lot more games are lost, um, with poor special teams, um, than maybe one with excellent special teams. So I think that's something that, 
uh, NFL coaches and, and personnel members in particular uh, will value more than the average fan. But something like that, um, it, it can be the difference between maybe the Packers having a more talented safety on their roster, but he's unable to uh, excel in special teams like Jamerson is, uh, for example. So that would be something where uh, that's a huge benefit to him, uh, as well as, as considering the context that this will be his second year at safety coming up, uh, which would be the longest or tied for as long as he spent at any one position in college. So uh, I know he's talked about in other interviews that, well, he played everything in high school, so really it's all the same. But uh, the more, and, and Coach Leonard's right, the, mo- the longer he plays safety, the better he's going to be at it. Uh, so the fact that he's being considered uh, and held in such a high regard by the NFL after only one year at safety uh, should be um, – advantageous to him moving forward and, and and he should continue to improve and develop as a football player the longer he plays this position absolutely now we're going to go into mailbag questions as we wrap up this quick episode of bucky's fifth podcast nfl draft edition and uh looking at you know brandon fending uh from twitter had a couple of good questions for us first off is alec james who we just spoke with uh, is his best scheme fit a 3-4 defensive end or a 4-3 defensive end? Uh, in my opinion, he's a better 4-3 left end. Uh, he, Alec James is, is a, a he, he wore a lot of hats for the Wisconsin Badgers over the past couple seasons, uh, but really he lacks um, lacks the quick twitch uh, that that's probably ideally looked for in a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, I know the the common thought is, well, he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's a pass rusher. And while that's true, ultimately, as an outside linebacker, you're going to be asked to cover in some capacity in the NFL. And that's just not Alex. Uh, that's just not his strength, to be honest. Uh, he's a bit of a disruptive defensive lineman. He's a big-time effort player. He has a good motor up front, gets a lot of effort sacks, a lot of cleanup sacks. Uh, and that's something where I think he probably can play as a left end uh, and probably gets rotated out in pass rush downs, uh, but but also could play uh, in a three technique uh, for teams that that don't have pass rushers at defensive tackle, um, but but could be used in that role as a three technique. Uh, he played five technique at Wisconsin primarily, but moved around quite a bit, and I think that's something where. His versatility along the defensive line will benefit him, uh, but I think if you're looking to optimize Alec James in the NFL, you're going to play him at, at 4-3 left end. Um, let him play like a 6-I uh, a or a 5 on that strong side and um, really kind of let him eat blockers. He did a very good job at the, at the uh, East-West Shrine game playing in that scheme, uh, and I think that's probably where you're going to get his best play uh, as, a, as a professional uh in an NFL scheme is a, is a three or a four, three strong side defensive end. Another thing from Brandon, does playing in a Rex Ryan esque scheme, make Badgers defenders more attractive to coaches from that coaching tree. And, and I, I granted it's hard to assume based off of this, but you know, Garrett Dooley did confirm. So did Jack Sitchie and the trail Jamerson, they made trips up to green Bay. And then on top of that, Austin Ramish also took a visit uh, I mean, but that's offensively, of course, but those other three Badgers did, in fact, take a trip up to Green Bay. Um, but, I mean, in your opinion, and, and we've, we talked about this Monday, and just to kind of, granted, you guys didn't hear this, but Owen and I kind of described, too, you know, Jim Leonard did play in a, in Rex Ryan's defense in Baltimore in 2008, and then also, you know, in, at 
2009 uh, and a couple more years for the New York Jets when Rex Ryan became head coach. Uh, and then on top of that, Mike Pettin was the defensive coordinator for the Jets in uh, you know in the time in New York and then brought Jimmy to you know Buffalo uh, towards the end of his career and then also Cleveland when uh, you know when Mike Pettin was named head coach there. So. Uh, there, you know, there is a lot of base with that Rex Ryan defense. I will say, you know, maybe there's some, you know, you know Jim Leonard did play for like a Jack Del Rio in Denver. And it's also, I mean, I will probably, you know, you'll probably go into this too, but in this defense in college is different from what's in the pro game. And so to digest as much as, you know, what Rex Ryan's defense could be, Mike Patton's defense could, you know, could be in the NFL. It, it is a whole new ball game. So it could be some similarities or some fun, uh, maybe fundamentals or techniques uh, or just uh, trends. Uh, I, you can't, I don't know if you can compare apples to apples necessarily, though there could be a little bit, I mean, you can see the influences there. For sure. I, I think I think I described it on Monday. Uh, what the Badgers run is essentially uh, Rex Ryan light on defense, and, and that's not meant to be a knock. It's just simply uh, you're not dealing with professional football players learning your defense. You're dealing with, uh, with student-athletes um, who are actual student-athletes, despite uh, some people's Perception, but anyways, um, it's a it's a multiple front, multiple scheme um, defense. It's a it's a hybrid spot. There's a hybrid defense. There's a lot of different moving parts. Uh, you get a lot of three safety looks. You get four three and three four looks. Uh, they'll do a lot, especially on on passing downs in particular. I remember um, talking to Isaiah Loudermilk this season uh, and, and how much he enjoyed. They ran. Uh, they can kind of dictate what the offensive protection scheme does. They'll line up three defensive linemen on one side of the ball um, and kind of create three one-on-ones doing that, uh, which which is certainly a, a, a bit of an exotic but an advantageous uh, way to play defense. I think it's something that if you watch Big, Ten, Big 12 football, uh, you're not going to see anything half as complex due to the speed Um speed and tempo that the teams in the big 12 play with. However, teams uh, in the big 10 uh, play a bit more power football, a bit more pro style influenced offenses. And I think that's something that will, will, excuse me, will benefit uh, these players. It won't be an end all be all or anything. I don't think NFL teams will draft a player uh, teams uh, with coaches from that tree won't draft players because, well, they played in the system, uh, but it absolutely helps. uh, And, and if nothing else, they're, they know the scheme. They might need to learn new terminology, uh, but that's something that will will definitely shorten their learning curve as they enter the NFL. And and it's certainly an advantage to uh, both UW to recruit kids as well as um, as sending them to the NFL. Is that you're playing in a pro style defense with a lot of different uh, different looks and a lot of different um, schemes and fronts they can throw at opposing offenses. So I guess to long story short. If you, to answer the question, yes, I think it does help the kids. Um, it's not an absolute thing by any means, but uh, I think it would be pretty ignorant uh, for us to assume that teams wouldn't take uh, take some uh, stock in that. Uh, and, and I think it would be pretty ignorant as well uh, to assume that Mike Pettin hasn't reached out to Jim Leonard uh, in some capacity to discuss some of these kids uh, that either that he saw play during the season or that that UW has on the roster. So, um, yeah, to answer the question, yes, I do think it helps. Uh, it might not be quite as much as you'd think, but it, it definitely is something. 
And last question from former Bucky's fifth quarter writer, Luke, will there be a Badger drafted before the end of day two? Um, I get if I had to put money on it, I, I would be pretty uncomfortable. But I do certainly see that uh, Jack Sitchie and Nick Nelson, to me, are the two that have a chance. And they're both somewhere around that mid to late third round, I think, is probably where you start to see their window. Um, I think I said this on Monday that if they're not picked in the last 15 to 20 picks of day two, they could definitely should be off the board in the first 15 to 20 picks of day three. So I think that's, that's probably hedging on this, but there's certainly the possibility that those two could go uh, early, but I'm not sure uh, I would bet the house on it. Uh, But at that, on that same token, if they don't go in at the end of day two, expect them Badger fans should be watching the draft early on day three. If they, if they don't, if they know that Sitchie and Nelson didn't get picked at the end of round three, they should be ready to watch on Saturday because they should be probably seeing them come off the board pretty soon. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, we got lots coming up. And, and thanks, Owen, for taking some time out again. Uh, we're going to cut this now. Make sure you follow Owen at Reese Draft, R-I-E-S-E Draft. On the Twitter, follow me at jcocoB5Q. And, of course, follow Bucky's Fifth Quarter at B5Q. And, again, thanks for all the NFL draft, uh, you know, draftees, potential draftees, uh, wearing the Cardinal white the past few weeks that have joined the show. Austin Ramish, Natrell Jamerson, Derek Tindall, you have Jack Sitchie, Alec James, Garrett Dooley. Hopefully I'll have a few of them on later down the road to kind of recap their journey after the draft uh, here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, by the way, iTunes, Google Play. Give us some feedback. Give us those stars. Let us know how we're doing. We're not asking for five stars. Let us know what we can do to make this better, though. And then also tune in on the TuneIn app. And like I said, come back next week. We will talk some spring ball going on. There was a, just for those that don't know, Colin Wilder, the former Houston safety, announced his intentions, his plans to transfer to Wisconsin. And according to you know BadgerBlitz.com's John McNamara appears that he's going to be a preferred walk-on to start his career. So uh, more on that. Maybe we can try to get Colin on the show next week. Um, but we also couple weeks from now we need to do something about basketball and do a basketball recap we still haven't gotten to it because i've been busy with spring football and nfl draft stuff so uh but owen thanks so much man uh we appreciate you again taking some time out absolutely thanks for having me uh but then yeah guys uh on that note tune in next week uh make sure you guys bucky Smith quarter we'll have some uh some quote-unquote game threads we'll have a draft thread up talking about which Badgers get drafted, uh, maybe some other NFL talk too. And then also stay tuned, uh, whoever possibly gets uh, signed as an undrafted free agent. Let's roll with that. So uh, let's let's uh, tune back in this weekend. Uh, check out all Owen's scouting reports. Check out our podcasts too. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,